Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This episode, Simon and I take a trip to the south coast of New South Wales. We thought it was important to talk to some business owners about the impacts of the summer's bushfires on their business. So we caught up with Matt Upson, who owns Tallwood Eatery in Mollymook, and he also runs the catering at Willinga Park in Borley Point. And we caught up with Libby Cupid from Cupid's Winery in Milton. It's a two-part episode and we really just took it as an opportunity to talk to some of the business owners in the area about their experiences and about how the fires impacted their businesses and also about their plans for recovery. Some of these issues are pretty difficult to talk about but we thought it would be remiss of us being connected to the south coast to not make this a part of our podcast so we hope you get something out of it. Here we go. Cool. Welcome to another instalment of The Food Fight. As usual, we'd like to start off with an acknowledgement of country. Uh, being down here in Bali Point on the south coast, we'd like to acknowledge the Yuan Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today, and pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. My name's Steph, and with me, as always, Simon Evans. Hi. <laughs> and uh, we're here with Matt Upson from Tallwood and Willinga Park down here on the south coast. Hello. <laughs> Good to have you with us. Thank you. Matt, um, I got to know you through the South Coast Cookbook and through your uh, restaurant Tallwood and um, obviously frequenting that place. You guys are definitely supporting me and selling the book and all that sort of stuff, but you've got another gig here at Willinga Park now. Maybe let's just start. Just give us a bit of an introduction into, you know, Life on the South Coast, why you started Tallwood, how long it's been around for. We'll talk a bit about Willinga Park as well. No worries. Um, so I guess 10 years ago, I came back to the South Coast. My wife's originally from here. So um, we came and came back after working on Lord Howe Island and Kangaroo Island, planned to have um, start our little family. Um, I was working up at Bannisters for a very short time and going around the place and doing a few little catering gigs and then Mary Street at... Um, at Kyola popped up so I didn't even know where it was it was an empty restaurant and thought why not give it a go um, our baby was due three months later no two months later so it was quite an interesting period to open a restaurant yeah um, <laughs> so that went really well and then uh, a few years later we had the opportunity to start Torwood and now that's seven years 
on. So it's been quite a journey since then. We've had catering gigs at the ANU College. We've also been lucky enough to be at um, Willinga Park for the last four and a half years, four years catering. So it's been an epic journey and um, getting to know the South Coast is a pretty special experience as well. Mm. Tell us a bit about, for people who haven't been to Torwood or don't know too much about it, tell us a bit about the restaurant. Okay, so Torwood was meant to be a pizza bar. Very easy with um, two wines and a beer. And it soon morphed into a seven-day operation, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And um, <laughs> that was quite an inter- interesting journey. I had a business partner called Clayton, who you would have met. And um, he's been a good mate of mine since we started cooking, which was 93. And um, yeah, so I guess from both of our experiences with traveling overseas and cooking in different places, we loved the share table experience. We loved eating lots of different flavors. I predominantly like working with big, bold flavors, Asian flavors where there's lots of fresh chilies, spices, herbs. So I guess an acidic food. So I guess that's where my sort of focus is. And um, so Torwood quickly began to morph into that sort of style of share style food. So, uh, yeah. Did that just kind of happen naturally as you went or was that a decision based on customers or feedback or just no, kind of um, like just the original idea didn't quite mesh? It was after we got over the fact it wasn't going to be a pizza place. Yeah. Um, it definitely morphed into that area of going straight into share style. Mm eatery because and plus there weren't too many other places doing it down here so we thought that might have been a bit of a bit of a um standout point for us i guess so uh yeah yeah and and molly mooks are very much a sydney sydney side a holiday destination and stuff like that was that like did you did you were you thinking about you know what market you were going to target up there in Molly Mook or how'd you go about sort of putting together a business model that would work where you were? It was definitely um, definitely based towards that. We also having experience in a small town with three four hundred population. We'll, it, after a few weeks, we uh, sorry after a year or so, we had people coming down to us. So we thought we've already got that captive audience, but definitely this place was getting busier as well in town and molly Mook and i guess one of the big draw cards was having rick stein at um banisters as well so that was a big draw card for the area and and there was already cupid's doing a great job um and also alex started saint isidore's as well so there was already that momentum in the food food um operations down here so i guess it was definitely based at that sydney crew but also we wanted to look after the locals as well and we wanted it to be that place where you could come in and feel like it's coming into into your mate's living room and you know not be too pretentious or anything like that and be a bit more laid back um not sure if that's always worked on our side might be too laid back sometimes but yeah i didn't want to be that place where people would go oh you got to dress like that you got to be you know have pockets full of money even though you can bring that but um <laughs> please bring it yeah, pockets of money are very welcome <laughs> yeah. um but not but, yeah uh, so i guess it was that casual sort of eatery where yeah i'm not sure if we really executed it that well but that was the whole yeah know, concept behind it i yeah. guess so. um all right well, yeah well cool um and yeah i mean i've enjoyed torwood and so is heaps of the community here um 
Yeah, maybe just quickly while we're here, like we're sitting in the most ridiculous of boardroom um, places in Willinga Park where you run the catering now. Just quickly tell us a bit about your okay, role here. So I've been extremely lucky to meet Terry Snow and um, he's asked us to help with some kitchen designs and then after we did that, he said to me, you better start cooking here now. So I didn't know what to expect from Terry and I, to be honest, I didn't really know too much about Terry and um, soon I learnt that he is quite an amazing person, um, not only with his financial decisions he's made or anything like that, but his visions, his motivation and um, just his ideas of how to make something so special. So, And to be honest, I haven't been to the airport, but I mean, that's meant to be just amazing in itself. So I think everything he does, he has a passion which is unbelievable. This area is extremely lucky to have someone so passionate down here. Um, it's all about horses. It's all about the architecture. It's all about his sculpture. It's all about his passion. And um, we're just so lucky and fortunate to be involved in a project like this. And hopefully we're keeping him happy. So mm. <laughs> we get to stay here. But it's this in itself has been an amazing journey. It's um, been a lot of work, but a lot of enjoyable work too. I take a lot of pride in being here and um, having a place like this to fall back on when times are tough is um, good as well not mm. saying that we're here constantly it's a very um very specific specific times of the years when we're here when they hold events but uh hopefully once it's um finished and who knows if it'll ever be finished but once it's up to a few more stages it's going to be quite an exciting place to be so mm. Well, it already is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but, I um, mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's mind-blowing. It's amazing. Yeah. Every time I come out here, I'm, I'm still in awe of the place, and yeah. structurally and every, all the little details, etc. So it's, it is a good, fun place to be. And I guess it's lucky to have people behind you that believe in what you do as well and, um, mm. and being able to support the locals through buying produce or uh, hiring staff or having that support as well is pretty epic. Mm. Mm. All right, um, cool, good intros. Um, I think we've got to just dive in because we're here. We want to. The reason why we came down to the south coast was because we thought it would be remiss of us to start a, a food podcast in a regional area like in Wollongong, having a connection to the south coast to to not come down here and talk to some business owners about their experience through the fires in sort of November, December, January. Um, so, yeah, I think we should just launch into it. Um, Matt, I don't really know where to start. Do you, wanna, do, you wanna, do you know where to start or where to kick us off? Because it's pretty hard to even dive in, to be honest. Well, I guess coming back to Bali Point, um, this is where it all sort of began. Mm. And um, it, it quickly turned into a scary situation where Bali Point got locked off, basically, um, blocked off. Mm. So, I mean... Obviously, being involved here, being involved in another restaurant here, I had a lot of friends here that were um, made the decision to stay and fight, and also a little, lot of my staff, not a lot of my staff, sorry, a few of my staff were involved in fighting the fires and actually um, protection of their homes as well. So not only the emotional side for me, but um, just not being able to be here for your friends was quite scary. and just thinking, oh, that the whole place is going to burn down and not being able to get involved or fired or whatever. So we quickly turned into uh, throwing a lot of meals out and getting it down here. The roads were blocked. We had mates with boats who were driving uh, food down here in their boats and getting it to people mm. in the fire sheds and things. So it was actually an 
absolutely surreal experience and we thought this was a big fire mm. and um and it was saved by a bee's dick by um losing the whole town so yeah here at Baldy point so for those yeah for those listening i guess um this is pre new year's this is we're talking yeah. november um uh, late november or december when yeah, the curran fire really sort of took off in in this area and it basically burnt this whole stretch from Borley point to uh south Durris essentially was like that main zone and then and then and then um over over the new year's period obviously was when things became even you know vastly more intense and 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 grew to just such a huge scale as well yeah it wasn't almost till closer to christmas new year's that it kind of really became apparent to anyone else i mean obviously having a restaurant and being in Wollongong a little bit more head down possibly in the new staff who, who kind of frequents down a lot more and, and that was only wasn't really in the news or on anyone's minds at that mm. time at that time it wasn't kind of definitely until, not as much until a couple of weeks later a couple of months later when it kind of really started kicking off yeah it's just interesting how uh it was kind of shown like that whereas uh you know, as fires were always ripping through towns and stuff, and it wasn't kind of making the national news quite so much. Mm. Just driving down, what did you think of the um, of the landscape? It's pretty surreal, isn't it? It is. It yeah, crazy and now because it's like half burnt and half green yeah. with all the rains, and there's some grow back, and um, yeah, it looks uh, even very looking strange. onto the escarpments, you see just sticks, and it's like, oh my yeah. god, that's that's yeah. intense. And just some of the stories, and I, and that was the most interesting thing, like. Obviously, having the restaurant or and pre getting in close to town as well before too many other people were affected. People just wanted to tell stories and, but um, I'm going to jump the gun a bit as well. But you sort of worry about the current situation. Oh, sorry, worry about the shit. It's burning situation. Then how do you get food to people? And then it's like, okay, it's all over. And now the mental health issues are now really apparent. And that's I think for me that's the or for all our friends and the community, that's the scary thing as well, but that's really jumping the gun. But I'm going to go back a bit. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, I guess so, yeah, it kicked off here and um, it was very scary and we thought, wow, that's intense. And then they all sort of joined up and said hello to each other, the fires, and then uh, Conjola got smashed and all those other little towns got smashed and it was like, wow, my sister down at Bateman's Bay were getting smashed and our um, coffee suppliers so it was just interesting everyone not one person on this coast would not have been affected so exactly yeah that's a scary thing lives were lost houses were lost and got friends who you know they thought their father had paid the insurance who has now left them and they've lost the whole whole kit and caboodle and it's just like wow it's so tough on every single person Mm. and then that was just you know, your heart pouring out to all these people that lost everything, lost houses. And then, you know, we th- we thought about when the fire was at Borley, not even three weeks after all the shit hit the fan, it was like, well, this summer could actually be really shit. We, and it was like, I spoke to my business partner, Kiralee, and it was like, we could be in trouble this summer. Mm. It hasn't been the easiest run. Every summer something sort of goes wrong or, mm. you know, you get a kick up the bum somewhere. But this one, it was like, I think this one's going to be the one that could rattle the bones a little. So yeah, yeah. not only through emotional side, but then the business side started hurting and uh, that's not where it hit home because we were trying to help others and do as much for the community as possible, going down and cooking for the fireys or going down to the evac station. And um, all you want to do is help people is your first reaction. And 
And it was like, shit, I better get my home ready for a fire. <laughs> and then yeah, it was like exactly. my family and it's like, oh my God, what am I thinking? And and then you're thinking about all the food at your restaurant because power's going on and off. And it's like, we're about to go into our busiest two weeks of the year. Power's flicking off. Um, after this week, you can't get deliveries for you know a week and a bit because it's New Year's time. And it's like, whoa, okay. Perhaps it's all yeah. going to be okay, and then but that freezer better stay on. Yeah, yeah. And then New Year's happens, and you lose power that night, and it's like everyone's got a fully booked restaurant. There's people everywhere, and mm. it's like whoa. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's something in hospitality is you really are kind of one disaster away from being oh. truly in the shit. Yeah, like it's pretty fucking tight and fine sometimes. Yeah, you're vulnerable. Um, and and that's how close it can be. And like it can and it can be, you know from nothing, none of your doing can be a complete fucking natural disaster. Yeah, correct. Um, that's going to put you on your fucking ass. Yeah, uh, and it's quite a scary thought to to be that close. Yeah, um, and to watch you, you know, to see that to happen and be experiencing it and going through it is pretty, uh, pretty insane. But normally, it's only, you know, you look at the town and you go, oh, it's only going to be one person that's affected. Like one person's mm. going to go through the shit. But it wasn't just one person; it was yeah. every single business owner mm. or family was going through the same shit. And yeah, and it was just interesting when people were getting evacuated. It was like one of those movies or. You know, when you see the hurricanes. It was like a movie. It, it was like a, yeah. a an apocalyptic it, scenario in a movie when yeah. on just before New Year's and on New Year's Day. So New Year's Eve, they hadn't issued... On the day before New Year's Eve, down in my area, down in Browley, they started issuing evacuations on uh, the 30th of January, the day before New Year's, and people started getting out. But people had no idea what was going to happen on New Year's and how fast the fire would travel and, and how quickly it would affect stuff. And then it was about four days after New Year's when there was another catastrophic fire danger day um, forecast, a really scary weather conditions on a Saturday, and that's when they effectively evacuated all tourists from the south coast and that's what must have for you sunk in this reality that was like well, well summer's gone yeah. like yeah do you want to just talk a bit about that time that was a pretty interesting well like yeah it was an interesting oh, there were so many emotions emotional sides going through you business sides your friends workers i don't it was just an odd odd feeling how busy is that is that week normally so generally well in the weeks between christmas new year's so for that first three weeks you'd make or four weeks you'd nearly make a quarter of your turnover for the year so you know roughly speaking that 70 70 to 80 k was lost revenue in that first week so it's a pretty major yeah kick in the bum Mm. but it's huge. it was just yeah you had, you had to ring up your staff going guys i'm get yourselves ready for one protect yourselves and then days after it's like we're doing 30 people mm. we're lucky enough that you know all the restaurants down here are good friends we're lucky that we could go into the pavilion they had a generator that would last three days so it was like okay let's get all our food in there so that saved a fair bit of it we did lose some but um because you just didn't know, oh, is it a six-hour blackout or a three-hour or or 18-hour? So so yeah, or weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's places like Rosedale and Malua Bay where they didn't have power for a fortnight after New Year's. So my coffee supplier, Matt, from um, Gorilla Roasters yes. at Mossy Point. So Matt does a great job for us. Um, he was involved in food dispatch, and he's still, to this day, is involved involved. involved with um, distributing food. He was telling me stories yesterday that there's people still out in the bush that haven't had much or any food 
since the fires. They've still got no power. They've got no houses. They're living in community sheds. Wow. And it's like, this is Australia. Mm. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck yeah, is going on? So, yeah, it's really interesting. A month after. So, and they're saying people on motorbikes have been going out there. There's trees all across the road. They've got a helicopter food in. Mm. So to this day, people are still... Oh, yeah. Sending... Oh, sorry, getting food out to people. But the other, mm. I guess, going back, you couldn't even get out of town. You couldn't even move in town because there was cars lined up. Literally, it took people 24 hours from Batemans Bay to Sydney. Mm. So then you had all this problem. You can't get around anywhere. I know I'm jumping from things. No, to that's things, okay. Keep jump around. That's um, fine. But um, <laughs> it was a really interesting thing because it's like people are going into panic mode. They're going into the shops. The shops were emptied in a matter of minutes. People are buying like 30 packets of sausages and it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't have a fridge, there's no power. What the hell are you doing with it all? Yeah. So people are just going crazy. Mm. There's nearly fights apparently at supermarkets because people saw how much food people were taking. And that was only in like half a day or a day. So it's like people are going batshit crazy in a matter of, you know, hours because they've got no food. Petrol was running out. No um, internet. There was no phone coverage. So it was a really interesting time. Um, I know I keep saying interesting time. That's right. I don't, I don't know what it other will, way it, to it, explain Well, the it, thing is, is that like we've never seen anything like that before. No. Like that's... It's a movie. We've never seen anything like that. And as you said, like this... I mean, we drove down here from Wollongong today. And if you drove from... You know, we, you probably start you start seeing the the beginnings of of you know the burnt area like it's just south of Nara sort of thing, and and you're basically driving all the way through it all the way until you get to here, past here, Batemans Bay, and then all the way down like you, I mean, basically all the way down to the Victorian border. The majority of the coast is burnt. I still haven't ventured past Milton, so yeah, um, right. I still haven't, and I guess that's. I haven't seen any devastation of houses or too many houses, but yeah, okay. um, I've just seen lots of pictures and, you know, friends have said we've lost everything. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, and I haven't really wanted to, I mean, it's, I'm not going to go and check someone's loss out or anything, but mm. it's, I think that would be a real slap in your face to go, this shit's actually really happened, even though I know it's happened and lived through it. And, you know, I'm lucky I didn't lose anything, you know, apart from a lot of, potential money-making issues but that's what's that really if you've got your family and mm. life and your friends and things like that so mm. yeah how i mean would you, would you sort of like touch on a few different aspects but so when it came to your your staff like the staff situation um you know like how how did it affect your staff obviously you're closed for like you know closed for a bit and so i think in total we'll close for four to five days okay um generally we're doing anywhere from 130 a night um you got lines of people queuing up on the coffee cart they're having breakfast um so that soon was apparent that was all going to go down the shitter um breakfast we're doing maybe 20 to 30 people uh normally you have three people on the coffee cart alone just for about a four hour period and they are pumping six to seven hundred coffees out I'll just say on one thing though, that was the saddest thing because we'd put so much effort into going um, plastic cup free. So we're doing no single use cups and mm. we'd made a real good start on it and it was really well accepted by the community and by the, um, uh, sorry, by the travellers as well. So that was amazing and it was just so sad to see all that just go 
completely down the tube and mm. and now we've had to cut out the brekkie session because it's it's something we've had to now look at our business and dissect and go if it's not making the yeah. margins or so not already doing had well, to yeah, cut some stuff we've definitely we've cut the drop. some stuff and um well cut breakfast out so going back to your question about staff i think we had to turn away about 10 to 12 staff automatically just like that in you know four four or five days so yeah, well. that was pretty huge mm. um kitchen staff um also lost a lot probably another five so um then we look after the anu cater um anu coastal campus down at kyola here um groups were groups were in then they got sent off campus so we lost multiple functions just in that area as well mm. so it was a real impact obviously on our business but mm. um then again staff there were you know four there was they would have been four full-time staff there over that period as well so they've automatically lost lost wages so yeah. i mean it's like i said at the start it's not one single person that hasn't been mm. affected and that did mainly be local people or do you get kind of seasonal workers um there's quite a few through. seasonal workers that like to come back to us yeah so um that's pretty cool but we do have a lot of locals that we that help me out as well so yeah yeah i mean with some of the events we we do i i have a lot of nice mates that want to work mm. over and over so that's pretty cool mm. but um yeah it's just one of those things that's so sad for every business and yeah, you've already seen businesses close and yeah like i said Which is another knock-on for uh, you know from the effects of it is, is you well, know, they're not being they're being less work therefore can't spend busy, yeah yeah can't spend on the staff and then yeah. there's people more people out of work and not a, i mean even from a um ordering point of view for me it's like i try to support as many local um businesses down here as well but some have no property to grow on anymore because they all got burnt out all their yeah, sheds exactly. got burnt out um i mean it was that hot over that period that everything went to a crisp it's so i guess through to the delivery drivers it's even like our big dry yeah, yeah. dry food um, suppliers and fruit and veg people that are getting stuff from the sydney markets that we can't get down here they're all losing business so mm. yeah it's a pretty interesting mm. interesting uh yeah little thing do you <laughs> <laughs> let's i guess um we've pretty given a pretty good like overlay of what the experience was like and how and 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 some of its effects but maybe um we try to talk a little bit about um you know the efforts towards recovering and 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 that sort of thing so you mentioned already matt that like one of the first things like you dropped breakfast at tallwood like because you know you've you've had to take a really good hard long look at your financials and and say well we have to run the tightest shit we possibly can to recover speed you have to react in hospitality as well as you you can't wait and see yeah you can't be like oh let's give it another month if something's not working you have to be real quick Mm. to to to, you know get rid of that and change it to to, you know stay afloat especially when you're fighting all these other other things as well correct yeah you're definitely um i'm probably not the brightest cookie with all that sort of stuff but um it's quite apparent even to a dummy that you've got to make a quick decision. Mm. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, that was one one big thing that we had to really nip in the butt. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you been eligible for uh, how any of the government grant programs and stuff happening? Uh, like, have you have you participated in any of that? Made any applications or anything? Um, we thought, oh, sweet, we're going to be okay. But unless you're 
they put it under the banner of being fire affected. Like property damage was what they were looking for so a lot of the it, time, right? And when you look into it, it's actually if your business is burned, um, that's called fire affected. But, you know, everyone's gone through a fire affected period where, I don't know, if you're losing 80K in a week, how is that not fire affected? Mm. Yeah. Or roads are shut, you're blocked in. Yeah. But then, obviously, all the big companies that are making millions a year are trying to um, are trying to sort out some way of getting out of paying everyone that actually needs money, money. Mm. So uh, they're looking at every avenue to block that as well. So, so has there been no grants for someone like yourself who's... Oh, there's definitely no grants for, for yeah, us. Yeah, well. um, So that, that was a pretty... S- I don't know, that was a hard little thing to look at as well. It's like, mm. okay, so there's help out there. Yes, no, there's not because you're not actually fire affected. And it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, we just lost a lot of staff. We've lost food. We've lost business. Yeah, and the, the pitch is so much broader. Like, obviously, the, pe- the people who've been directly affected by the fire should definitely get oh, the, the, the help. And, and, that, and that is the main should, thing. Yeah, and they, yeah. they should be getting it first. But it's definitely, it's, it's a bigger picture. There's, there's so much yeah. more to it. Um, and, and, you know, to, for a region to, to bounce back, it's not just about rebuilding homes and, no. and the, the kind of physical aspect of it. It's, it's everything that, but everything else is lost. I guess at the end of the day, apart from all that crap and shit that you have to deal with, it's mm. amazing the community spirit that was still around even in those hard times and... I think that's more powerful than any bloody government or any agency not trying to help you and stick up for you. And um, being involved in that sort of community spirit was probably more special than anything. And um, even though, you know, this could take five to ten years to rebuild down here, it's like all of us that are going, well, stuff you. If you're not going to give it to us, we've got to try every possible way. Mm. I mean, the community, not only our community, but Australia worldwide, it's amazing what has actually been done mm. Mm. Um, or sent through or donations. It's, but then the sad thing is all those donations are getting locked up in political bullshit and all that. So it's actually yeah. not getting to the people that need it. Mm. But when you talk, yeah, like the, when you talk about community spirit and, it, and it's something that um, it's something that gets says a lot that the community really came together and but like you can say that there is there is no way of conveying the feeling that was in the in the air after new years and around and around that time down here i've never seen anything like it where it's actually just walking down the street and and talking to the strangers and talking to people you've never met and smiling at people and and asking people how they're going and 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 the way in which everyone w- was just in it together it yeah. was like you forget all your differences we're we're all now in to in it together fighting against this one thing and trying yeah. to recover from it and and it was amazing and and the amount of sto- like there's so many stories out there but the amount of stories of people just like off their own bat doing whatever they can to help people around them yeah. was was just absolutely amazing and yeah. ne- like I'd, I've never seen anything like it like you say Martin, like the community the community spirit was and I don't know wow. from that first I think it was about a month and a half where it was hard to sleep it was hard to focus it was hard to go okay I've got direction. It was one of those most unsettling times, I think. Even, you know, the kids feel it. You know, mm. your, your wife and your or your partners are all talking about it. It's like everyone's talking about it. It's like you can't escape from it. Mm. But um, going back a few steps about the community support, even I'm involved with a few little charities and like Treading Lightly with um, who Monica Mudge set up. I mean, they've done an absolutely amazing job to getting food onto the front lines to raising money and being involved in that uh, process as well so i mean there's not one person that really 
hasn't helped out in some way or shape or form and it, i think like you were saying it's it's an incredible it was the hardest time i reckon probably we'll all go through but it was such an incredible time to see all everyone come together and help out and in mm. one way shape or form so mm. yeah i think in the, the hospitality industry i think really jumped in and um with matt moran even donated like yeah, half a million crazy. dollars and like even down to like you know, like small small rest like dolando did a um a charity dinner yeah. mm. raised a couple of grand so i think there's so many restaurants yeah, around cool, the country do, doing little things and doing what they can and yeah you know try it whether it's you know we, we put a lot, of, a lot of wines on from adelaide hills and things who had um, yeah. lots of fires and stock some stock some more cupids for for you know for the, See, for the time as well and things like that so everyone was kind of really jumping in to try and do and we're just talking about the south they could yeah so we're ju- you're just talking about adelaide and oh, yeah, we're in the yeah. south coast mm. it's gone all the way through there exactly yeah i used to work on kangaroo, kangaroo island, island yeah the super lodge down there that yeah. where i worked and that all got totaled and it's like it's incredible yeah it's just the wildlife the vegetation mm. it's it's so sad to see something like that happen and yeah you know what do we do to stop this shit happening it's yeah. climate change or being realistic with um the way we approach the you know our beautiful environment and yeah i think it was just it was just so apparent that the country just wasn't the services just weren't ready no for something this size and it was you know almost seemed fairly apparent that something like this was going to happen yeah with, you know years of drought of everything just being so dry yeah um in, in a you know country that renowned for for bushfires anyway yeah Um, actually just touching on the um drought i was i had a mate who was in from um tamworth Mm. and he was like oh he's he had a restaurant down here and um we're talking about it and he's going this is great i think it's fantastic all the support that you've got but the sad thing is we've been in drought for five years yeah we've got 18 20 shops that have shut down the main street we're not getting all this financial support that you guys are getting so it's like okay we're there's another problem there is another problem yeah i mean yeah, farmers have had it tough for, yeah. uh, for a couple of years now um yeah. you know it's, yeah, it was a year before when you know they were they were running out of feed running running out of water I know. so i mean it's, it's, it's there's, there's so many problems stack, st- stacking up on top and from a hospitality for, point of view it's it's yeah. things just get more expensive yeah and um, then people get shitted off with paying more money yeah well, exactly yeah and th- this is the kind of <laughs> position that the this is going to be the, the kind of final knock-on yeah for the rest of hospitality is yeah is that you know these, these are the areas where you, where your stuff's grown yeah this is where this is where your meat comes from but how ridiculous in australia stanthorpe for instance um they were getting 30 trucks of water getting brought in a day because they'd run out of water yeah mm. it's it's like whoa okay wake up time but yeah anyway probably off track uh yeah that's a do you reckon we could solve climate change in a podcast? <laughs> or we We've solved a lot of things need, on this podcast. <laughs> we'd need another. That one's a big one. Extended issue. Definitely, um, definitely a bit of a trip out west, and I'm talking to some farmers about the drought in some mm. of the worst affected areas would be would be a good one. Yeah. Um, what about? I mean, everyone makes their promises on online about um, bringing empty eskies down and, and coming and spending with local businesses and stuff like following. Say say that even just since these rains, um, where it, it has extinguished, you yeah. know the fires in this area, and it is completely safe to come down now. Um, have you noticed? Have you noticed the difference in in the amount of tourists in the area now? People actually coming down, bringing empty eskies and things like that. Um, I'm sure that is definitely happening. I haven't. I've been pretty busy with a few things going on. So. Yeah. Okay. And we don't really do that retail side, but um, there there is definitely a lot of traffic down here, and people are saying it's picked up, um, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And we've had a lot of support from people, um, you know, 
um, and Terea Pitt and um, and Grace McBride started off that um, spend, spend with, with me spend with spend with them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and that's an amazing little side project in itself. It's brought a lot of attention or more attention to the people that are hurting. Um, so I guess people are very generous in what they want to throw at people. Um, we I'm involved in another little thing called Our Town, which is Festivals for the Future. And um, we're trying to put on a couple of fundraisers and everyone wants to do one, which is fantastic and provide a lot of support. And it's like, how do you work out where that money goes once you've raised it or something like that? Mm. And um, so it's like you can give it to the Red Cross or you can give it to whoever, but it's like how do actually the people that really need it or have really lost everything get that money who maybe haven't had the financial support from insurers or anything like that. And that was one thing that quickly became apparent when you're trying to organise something. It's like, okay, we can do all this and we can put things on, and but actually how do you get it to the people that are, that are hurting or needing? And a lot of those people are too proud to even come out and say, yeah, guys, I'm about to go down the shitter. And, yeah. you know, apparently there's been like 18 suicides oh God. down down our strip as well and and it's like well that's pretty damn sad Mm. that people have gone to that extent where they obviously think there's nothing left or apparently farmers have lost everything they've lost their machinery they've had all these things built onto their their farms that apparently aren't da approved and it's got millions of dollars worth of machinery or you know hundreds of thousands or whatever is in it now they can't actually do their job anymore they lost all their stock all their stocks burnt or, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty scary yeah yeah it's yeah. like the apocalypse has i think that that was quite apparent i think it's always a parent of kind of tragedies like this is when it's all in the media and it's it's the yeah. buzz thing everyone is keen to to make promises and, and to you know pledge money and do yeah. things that money doesn't always go to the right places and a lot of time i think with the you know feel your esky bring your esky down here people pledging to come down the down the south coast and just spend time and spend money that seemed like the best way to actually do it it is so hopefully people are following through with those plans and hopefully come easter time everyone's easter holiday yeah we might get absolutely smashed bring it on guys let's let's hope yeah (laughs) um going back i remember another point i was going to say um Actually, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any... I mean, we won't spend too much longer. Um, I think that, like, we've had a pretty good lay of the land. Is there, like, is it... Are there, talking about recovery, is there any other... It's still like I just feel like like everything's still so so close, and and it's really still hard to sort of like take stock. So, like, is there anything else that you're you're trying to sort of plan ahead for in terms of recovery? I guess you've got you know your work here at Willinga Park and stuff like that. So, um, and and your catering work. So, fortunately, you've got other avenues to make some money. Not Definitely. not just not just the yep. the restaurant. So, um, it takes a lot of uh, catering jobs to bring back that deficit. So Definitely. Yeah. Um, Especially it's, when you you, you, know, you fancy the, uh, the the side gig to be a money maker, yeah, well, <laughs> not, exactly. not the thing keeping you afloat. Yeah. So, um, is there a plan? There is a plan to try to be as tight as possible and um, cut down on most of those costs. And you know, it's a it's a business that doesn't have huge profit margins. Um, so that one percenter is the most important thing, and um, those one percenters really hurt. And when it's a big eighty percenter. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Or something like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a scary yeah, thought. That's, that's so kind of what it is, isn't it? So, um, like everyone in this business is saying, or down on the coast, it's it's not like an overnight 
change. It's going to be a long road yeah. to recovery. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, that's important. Like for any listeners out there, and hopefully there's some people listening in places like Sydney. Um, <clears throat> or worldwide. Or worldwide. Why not? <laughs> but it's, yeah, like I, I think, yeah, you just make a good point, Matt. Um, it's It's so much more of a long-term thing down here. And we're still only, I mean, the amount of things that, the amount of effects of the fires on the south coast and everywhere in Australia that you haven't thought about or haven't heard of or haven't heard of in the media and things like that and the spectrum of ways to recover for 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 different people in different places as you said there's people that are still getting food shipped like helicoptered out to out to them that they, they, like i mean all they need right now is food you don't you, hear you know, about that you don't hear about that no. exactly don't hear about the suicides exactly mm. So recovery is like a long-term thing and, and, and please, you know, like if you, if, you, if you live in Sydney and you want to come down and fill your esky and stuff, awesome. But do it, do it more than once. Do it, do it in a year as well. Yep. Like, you know, because do it, or fill your esky every time you come to the coast, not just... I mean, we've, we're pretty lucky to have such an awesome coastline, but there's so many good restaurants, the whole strip as well. It's mm. um, incredible for... Uh, incredible for people to actually travel down and get that range of food and and to be as local as possible as well is pretty cool we've got a lot of good producers down here that will hopefully hopefully bounce back pretty quickly so um yeah it's a special place and probably one of the most special places i've ever mm. been into in australia and you know it's a mm. it's an amazing such a good food culture as well yeah there's so many great places in, it, in a yeah. small kind of regional area yeah to have kind of a, a, a quite a good, good and thriving food and drink scene is uh is kind of exciting to see so be it is cool be a, an absolute shame and travesty to, to yep. kind of let that let that fall away 100 percent. cool um anything else you want to add matt before we wrap up no i just hope everyone um who's been affected uh i guess takes has a good recovery and yeah. a positive recovery and come down on easter and make all the chefs mad for it being busy again yeah make us cranky <laughs> <laughs> and leave your dietaries at home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your dietaries in rescue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, Matt, I reckon, yeah, I reckon we'll wrap it up there. I reckon we should come down and we should have another chat about um, what it's like to actually run the, run the catering here at Willinga Park because it's yeah. quite a stunning and yes. expansive place. Mm. We'll definitely come back down. Stress levels have certainly been a little higher than your normal. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's interesting. But, uh, mate, thanks so much for just taking the time to have a chat, chat with us. I know, like, you know. It's, it's, it's hard to talk about these sorts of things. There's so much uncertainty, you know. Uh, as you said, it's affected absolutely every single person on yep. the South Coast. So just giving us your thoughts and your experience and stuff, I think it's important to get this sort of information yep. out there and, and, and to come from people who live here, not, not to necessarily come from, you know, journalists yep. and people who... And I mean, I guess a huge thank you to all the services and all those people that put their, mm. their um, of life and families on the line just to protect our towns and uh, people so that's a a monumental effort by Mm. all involved and it was quite amazing to see all the services work like they did and you know people were out on the line for weeks or months straight without seeing their families missed out on christmas did we even have a chrissy i can't even remember that was Mm. pretty shit (laughs) um yeah so i mean there's a lot of people that have gone a thousand extra miles than they should normally have to in their whole life just to protect others so Mm -hmm huge thank you and i'm sure there's a lot of people that are still hurting from that as well and can't sleep and the kids can't sleep and so yeah it's going to be a long road to recovery but i'm sure that this is a resilient 
um, nation and um, we'll, we'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. Thanks, sure. guys. All right. Thank you. Yes. Cheers, Matt. Okay, so that was Matt Upson from Torwood Eatery in Mollymook chatting down at Willinga Park in Borley Point where he does all the catering and the food service there. We now take a trip from Borley Point north back up towards Milton and we catch up with a friend of the show, Libby Cupert from Cupert's Winery. So we hope you enjoy. Cool. Well, it's not even another episode. This is going to be the same episode as, as the one with Matt. So we're back with the Food Fight podcast and now we find ourselves with an amazing view out um, into the hinterland of Milton Ulladulla, uh into some green hills which have not been green for a long time, sitting with Libby Cupert from Cupert Winery. Hi, Libby. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again. <laughs> what an amazing, uh, what an amazing, amazing view. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty spectacular. Now it's nice and green, and the wetlands have come right up. It's a great time to be at Cupert's and on the south coast generally. Yeah. What? Do you remember the last time you saw it as green um, as it is out there now? Actually, don't. Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, maybe this time last year. I mean, vintage is usually a bit of a wet, um, you experience a bit of rainfall, like late summer rain um, each year. So usually we see it greener around this time, but not as green. Like this is fluorescent. Like yeah. We've had so much rain in the last month it's been amazing and also with the with the uh sorry the tide of the seas being so high as well and bringing up burrell to the wetlands and everything it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty spectacular mm. simon first impressions <laughs> simon's yeah, never been out here before pretty beautiful um <laughs> yeah my first time here is i'm just taking it all in um yeah ma- amazing restaurant amazing view from here looking all over um but when you australians get really kind of stoked on the levels of green <laughs> i'm like nah seeing greener um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but very happy to see it green in this country after yeah. uh, the last couple of months the last you know two years of drought mm. almost so um yeah not bad not bad australia not bad at all. <laughs> well done um libby i reckon maybe we just get straight into it we've we've had a talk to you about cupids and about the winery and what you guys do here and people can go back and listen to to that as one of the the gong show episodes it's it's in the archive um but yeah like uh, as we explained to matt and um as me and simon talked about it when we started this iteration of the podcast the food fight we just thought being in wollongong and being connected to the south coast uh it was important for us to come and speak to some local business owners down here um about about you know their experiences of um you know what happened over summer so i guess like I mean, you can just start wherever you want to. I mean, we can just start with, I don't know, where do you want to start, Libby? Um, I guess for us, the you know, it was a, a, a very traumatic summer yeah. um, for us personally. Um, well, from a business point of view, um, it, it didn't go as planned. And you do plan very 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 much for your summer period in any hospitality business you'll have high periods and low periods and you want to put you know the the saying is make hay when the sun shines and that's what you do you invest a lot of money leading up to it 
to make sure you can really make the most you possibly can out of the period where there's the most amount of people in town. So we'd already spent a lot of money. We did a lot of training. We really focused on customer service this year, did a lot of training with our staff, um, you know, worked with our chefs on the menu, all of all the things you do every year. And every year as you go as a business, you know how important more things are. So you put more effort in. And then, you know, December, early December, or mid-December it was, the Bali fires happened. Um, and that's when we started to see sort of mass cancellations from Christmas party bookings and whatnot. And we started to see a bit of a um, unsurety about whether people wanted to plan their holidays on the South Coast for the summer. And I have to say, like I was, um, I was really taken by surprise that the fires got as close as they did. When I was interviewed by different journalists, I would say like, it's fine, come to the South Coast, we're all here, we're ready, you know, it's summer, it's gonna be great. And um, and then, you know, what happened over that New Year, early January period, I was completely taken back by. I didn't think that an area as developed as ours would come so close to the fires um, and I didn't think that you know houses around us would get burned down and all of that it, it really took me by surprise but it just was the the magnitude of the events it really that's just what happened and um, unfortunately so many people got caught up in it yeah. you know the 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 impact of the tourists that were here was just they had just the worst time ever. Yeah. <laughs> like they were on the road in a car with their families and kids for like 14 hours, just, you know, being told that they had to go home but not being able to leave. And like that would have just been scarring for anyone to, to go through. Um, so we felt really bad about that. But then afterwards it was so weird to be in our, our town with no one here. It was mm. just, I caught up with, with Matt and Alex um, and, and Rupert from Bannisters and we were sitting there on, you know, early January going, we've never met up in January yeah. before, you know, we've <laughs> yeah. never seen each other before in January before. It's just head down, bum up, work, work, work. That might be the best sign of how quiet it was. Is yeah. that, that four small business owners <laughs> managed to sit down together totally. at any given point. We all just got together and we're like, what are we going to do? Mm. You know, we, we asked each other, are you okay? Yeah. You know, are you guys going to get through this? Um, you know, Alex just opened Small Town. Um, all, all of us, you know, rely on that trade. And we just, mm. we checked in with each other and just made sure, what can we do? What are we going to do? Let's, let's be, let's collaborate. Let's have a consistent message. Let's work together. And that's what this community is about. We all dig in, help each other and work together and that's what we're doing. And with, you know, with Destination New South Wales, Shorehaven Tourism, the, you know, the people that have the, the power and the money to help us, we're going to hopefully have a, a stronger off-season. Um, there's been some great campaigns that have helped boost, um, boost the visitor economy a little bit. But all in all, we all lost out on that pretty critical time that we make money so it's going to be an interesting year mm. do you want to do you want to give us an idea of in terms of how many staff you employ like what's the different what's the amount of staff you employ in say january as compared to the quieter months of the year um we're a pretty labor intensive 
organisation, being winemakers, brewers, cheesemakers, um, maintenance is big as well. Um, so normally we get to about 85 in summer, um, which we sort of employed for. Uh, but we we didn't we didn't let anyone go by any respect. But there was you know casuals didn't get the shifts that they thought they were going to get, um, and some people just naturally would drop off in that way. Um, so we still sit like now around sixty staff, sixty sixty five staff, um, and that's for us fifty percent of our staff are all fixed so they're all uh, full-time or part-time staff so there wasn't much flexibility there we mm. had to sort of pay those wages which is you know deservingly so mm. um, so yeah there wasn't a huge amount of people that missed out I guess on work in that respect because they're on fixed wages but it was our staff just they felt it for us you know they were here with us every day not everybody but a, a lot of them were coming out every day making sure we're okay what can we do preparing ourselves if the fire was approaching they were so supportive like it just it was so heartwarming to see how much we all come together in a time of crisis it was amazing mm. Mm. how many days did you actually have to close the uh, venue? so we closed new year's eve New Year's Day, which we had a huge event planned for yeah, New Year's right. Day. Um, it, was a, it was a bushfire uh, RFS fundraiser. Mm. <laughs> Luckily, uh, most people donated their money anyway, and we, we gave the RFS a big check for that. Yeah, cool. Um, so, and then we opened again on the second, I think it was, or the third, and then we had to close again, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. I think we open again on the 7th. So, it's, you know, about five or six days. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you know what it's like when you're busy, you order all the food. Yeah, oh, yeah. Even clo- yeah, for <laughs> like, five days, that's so much produce and prep. Oh, and, 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 you know, we have, we would, you know, that time of the year is the peak time. So, we, ha- you know, we're anticipating huge volumes yeah. of people. So, and we're regional. You don't get several deliveries. Even yeah, exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, people. It, even, even go back to what you said earlier, it's like summer when you are, in a industry which is quite seasoned like that, it's not just about the summer. It's the run-up to it. It is like prepping your staff, especially when you're you're trying to get consistency. In half yeah. the year, you're this busy, and the other next next part of the year, you're oh, it's a you're twice menu. as busy. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you know, so your menu might be tweaked to make sure you can do that. Yep. Um, like having your staff, having those reps to do do that amount of numbers smoothly is is training. It's all yeah. a big big work up to it, and it's all of extra effort working up to summer to make sure it goes well so it's kind of a lot of lost lost hours and lost yeah. effort and, and kind of lost you planning you up on glassware crockery yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. training everything you just because you, you won't get it in that period there's yeah. no deliveries that come yeah yeah and you, and you, you know. don't want to have to deal with that in the middle no. of summer of like you shit when you focus on the customer like yeah you need to get that all stuff already so there's, there's so much planning that goes into going into the busy period like yeah that's when we start having like meetings with staff and sits downs of like okay we're about to go to I busy love, period i love it when i'm in it mm. i hate the lead up to yeah, it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it just you know crossing everything off making sure that you've ordered everything by the delivery date mm. and all that sort of stuff is just really stressful so i think for i think for everyone like what we're, we're really mindful of is the stress that everyone has gone under yeah. from 
from it, you know, that period where you are stressed out organising it, then it's not working out, then there's the financial implications of mm. that. So we're very mindful of what everyone's endured through the period mm. and it catches up with you at all different times, you know, like when people do their first drive out of Milton and see, see what's happened because a lot of people don't leave the postcode unless you need to. You know, we all stay here. It's great. So everyone sort of experiences it at, at different times. And just listening to all the stories, everyone knows someone who lost their home. We've had a couple of staff here as well, you know. So it's been quite emotional for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I have to say everyone's ha- handling it really well. But, yeah, like it, it'll catch up with you if you haven't dealt with it a little bit too. Um, how, like, what sort of things have you have you at all sort of like had the time to figure out how how you respond to such a big? I mean, in terms of the business, the impact on the business, have you have 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 you guys all sort of sat down and thought thought how how do we respond to this as a business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. What sort like, of things have you thought about? First thing we did was get all our sort of leadership team around and strategize how are we going to how are we going to deal with this and how are we going to make sure no one loses their job and that we stay afloat and we're we come out of this stronger and better than ever. Like. It's as much as it's been a huge financial loss, it's an opportunity to look at your business, really dig deep and see what's going on and where you can sort of tighten things up and make improvements. For us, we've sort of been sitting in a place where we've wanted to revolutionise the sort of style of dining that we do for a while. Um, We've always worked off a more of an a la carte, two-course, three-course style um, menu. We're about to move into having more of a shared menu. Um, Because what happened, I guess, in January was our our venue has always been seen as a great place to go and celebrate and have a great time and indulge, I guess. And no one felt like doing that. It Mm. was just the wrong feeling in the air. So we started to really casualise everything. And you've heard of quite a few venues doing that. Providence in Beechworth turning to a wine bar style venue for a while and a few you know everyone sort of needed to adapt to deal with the mood that mm. everyone was experiencing in Australia not just in the community um, so we did that and and felt it was a right fit for us we've been thinking about you know casual more casual style dining um, still great quality of course you know, focusing on local ingredients and everything um, for for some time and it just felt like the right time to make that change for us. So for us in the restaurant, we've been working closely with our chefs and our gardeners about how to create just a little bit more of a relaxed menu than we do now and being able to up the covers, be able to do more people come to, to the restaurant and can experience the great things that the chefs create in the restaurant mm. with our produce. Yeah, awesome. Simon, I guess cool that you've managed to use it as a use it kind of as a catalyst to to make a change that you kind of obviously wanted to mm. make before, and you're like, kind of maybe whether it was uh, this is the best way to go, more of a kind of fuck it, let's just do it, may as well now. I think it's like everyone for we have so many amazing customers that love what we do, mm. and we've always been in fear of changing too much yeah. to upset it's that. always the worry about yeah. it. Yeah, and I think that people are more understanding of change in these t- 
times. And yeah. same with staff. They're more understanding that we need to make some changes um, for the business during this period so we can continue to be successful. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just felt... Some customers will freak out about any change when it's like, you can still order three courses if you, you want. You can do it, exactly. It's just, you can just order as much or as little as you want. Preferably a little bit more. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe you go for it. That's fine. I know. It's just taking away the entree main dessert section, really. <laughs> exactly. It's just sort of rewording and shifting yeah. things around and just offering a new way of dining that I think is pretty much how most Australians like to dine. And yeah. um, I think it's, it's almost the, the best balance between going full kind of tasting menu where you have complete control over mm. your prep and your costs and things. And then the a la carte where you know if you've got, if you've got a choice of three, like people will want a fourth choice but still order the same thing. Yeah, I know. Like, like if, you, if you, you have three entrees, three <laughs> mains, like people order like two of the mains every time and won't order the third, but then they'll still ask for more choice. And you can give them, you could give them like five entrees, five mains, they'll still order the steak. Like they, yeah. they, want, they want the appearance of choice. Um, yeah. But not actually more choice because they're still going to order the same fucking things every time. So I think, yeah, having that kind of um, share plate kind of style just sets uh, the best of both worlds and gives people the flexibility they want. Yeah, they, they can, and you can, just try more things. Yeah. I think another, because we've been so big on wine pairing, being a winery restaurant for a long time, that's also been a part of our experience offering. Yeah, so you can be that tougher than can be a bit that. tricky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can train the staff to guide people around. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be perfect, you know. Yeah, like, it just has to... People are, like, wine pairing is such an, an exact thing anyway. It's like, this white will go with most of these snacks. And this red will go with most of these. Th- like to be honest, a lot of people don't like to be told yeah, what they yeah. should be drinking anyway. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> the main thing. You just drink, drink what you like whilst you're eating what you like. Yeah. It doesn't really it's fucking like matter. Snapper and Shiraz is some Australian's cup of tea and yeah. that's fine, you know. We're not I mean, there are, there are some wrong answers, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fine. We'll <laughs> um, Louis, like, obviously you guys do a lot more than just a restaurant here. Like, you have a beautiful bar and, you know your pizzas but you've also got obviously you make wine you um, brew beer and and make cheese and stuff like that what sort of an impact did the fire have on those other aspects so like just really sadly the dairy industry um for the south coast got hit by the fires um pretty well like just loss of livestock Mm. um so our um dairy farmer lost um, a, a big herd of heifers down in um, Cabago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just devastating for him. We can still access the milk that we can access, but it's just hitting someone that's already getting hurt so much by mm. what's going on in the dairy industry. So um, we're just sad for him mm. um, and his business. Grapes. <laughs> Grapes is a problem. Yeah. Um, so, so how big of a problem? Yeah. Is a huge problem for New South Wales. Most of New South Wales isn't picking much. No one's really picking. Probably year. maybe twenty percent of fruit in New South Wales will get picked this year. Yeah. Um, most people are calling them. Most of hunt, a lot of a lot of hunts about Valley are still picking. There's some areas that weren't affected. Like a lot, lot was. Canberra's basically called it a day. Tumbarumba's about to. Oh, they'll have call to. Call it a day. Like hilltops where a lot of people are living. Yeah. Source no. a lot of grapes as well. Like. People are, yeah, especially people who are buying grapes are, are struggling. So what will that what, what will that mean for Cube? It's like, what does it just mean? You just have to search further to to, to get to find grapes and yeah. Look, we've always been really committed to making New South Wales wine. Obviously, we yeah. don't grow everything here at Cupids, but 
we've um, we worked hard to make sure that we're always sourcing from New South Wales vineyards, but that won't be the case for 2020. We've got fruit sourced in a few different pockets through Victoria and um, South Australia as well. So we've just had to look interstate. Um, there's a, there's a grab. There's a Grape grab going on. Yeah. yeah. So anyone that's decided they still want to have a vintage is just working hard at trying to source whatever they can. We have this amazing lady, um, Nicole Easdale in Victoria, who's been helping us with all her great contacts, getting us some fruit from Macedon Ranges and um, from various uh, places in Victoria. Um, so we're confident we'll have a vintage, but it'll be half the half our normal vintage. Mm. Um, like in volume? In volume. Yeah, okay. So fortunately, we're very, we've, we have got a backlog of reds. Um, they're more the traditional varieties, Merlot, Cabernet, Shiraz, um, that don't fly out the door like us. We make Nebbiolo, Barbera, Tempranillo. Those varieties just sell, yep. you know, really fast. So um, we'll probably have a year without that. Um and we're sad for our growers in Hilltops about that. Mm. Um, we're looking into potentially making a beer, a co-ferment beer with some smoke tank fruit here, um, just to see if that works out. But it it'll we'll feel the impact in 2021. Yeah. Um, our white wine flies out the door. Obviously, it's South Coast is perfect for drinking loads of white wine. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we go. Chardonnay is one of our biggest sellers and we've been able to source a little bit of Chardonnay, but not as much as we sell. I probably drink most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it play, plays out in the market, how much everyone's going to end up paying for wine and, and whatnot because we're already drinking more than we were making generally in Australia mm. um, the last three years. So it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but it's really difficult for growers, uh, sorry, for producers that want to make wine, um, just f- trying to source the fruit. Mm. So Yeah, I was with uh, Brendan Cato oh, yeah. the other day and um, he's just been making making wine for a couple of years, mm. um, trying to make it, which was trying to make a bit more this year and obviously source all his grapes and, it's just been a grab of like asking mates if they know someone or yeah. oh, I heard about this vineyard up here or try and get hold of them and like they're selling it off. They think it's medium tainted. I might grab a ton. No, um, don't. Yeah. <laughs> same with like Tony from Ari's Natural Wine. Yeah. He's been squeezed as well. A lot of, st- lot of stuff he would have picked. Nothing's been picked from Southern Highlands this year. Um, our our chats with other winemakers um, is just don't do it to yourself. Yeah. Like, it's not worth it. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't even try. It's it, it might feel like it's going to be okay and then it won't. And yeah. You've, you've and you'll go money. through the whole process. Yeah. yeah. I drank, We um, Tom and I did a vintage at De Bortley Winery in 2011, oh, 12, sorry. And um, we tasted a smoke-tainted wine that they made as a fundraiser from the fires that happened um, in Victoria. And it was like drinking salami. Like mm. it, was, you, it was interesting to try. Mm. But you couldn't drink a glass of it. Like it was pretty, pretty awful. I mean, that was a very smoke tainted fruit. I know people are like, there's, yeah, there's levels to it. There's levels. There's definitely levels. But I think that um, what happens is it over time it accentuates mm. that, that that quality. Yeah, mm. make make fruit beer instead. 
something else. For yeah. a beer, yeah, yeah. Wildfire. I read yeah. an article that wild, wild, wildflower yeah. I'd, um, have sourced like Nebbiolo and a yeah, few different smoke tainted fruits. some stuff with Brian Mine from Ravensworth, I think. Or was def- different beer companies doing something with him. Yeah. I mean, it may so, or may not work, yeah. but at least it's not a whole vintage. Yeah. Like, And yeah. Archie Rose is testing out distilling, I think. Um, with some smoke tainted stuff, like yeah. you know, could yeah, be cheaper be. than Megan whiskey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Some good from it. Yeah, so it's it's sad for New South Wales. It yeah. is. I mean, and the the rains at the worst time for New South Wales as well came in just as a oh, yeah, as a double blow. So even yeah. for some stuff in Hunter that wasn't smoke affected, then they got hail during picking season. Yeah, just yeah, to, just and to make it things bucketed with rain. Let's yeah, be yeah. honest. Yeah, it so. wasn't shaping up to be a great vintage, mm. but um. Yeah, we just do what we can to get by, I think, is the answer. And then beer is, you know, good old beer. <laughs> Beer's fine. Keeps on yeah. chugging. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is we just need more people to drink it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, beer is good. That's the beauty of beer. It doesn't rely on farming so much. I mean, there has been hop farms affected, but um, there's very few hop farms in New South Wales anyway. Yeah. So. Oh, good old beer. Good yeah. old beer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, us, we'll see us through. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, do you want to speak a little bit about, uh, we've and, and we talked about this with Matt as well, but we've, you know, there's been a lot of people on social media talking about coming down to the coast to um, return to the coast and support businesses. I, I, I know in the fact that we've got our place in Browley on Airbnb, we've had, we've had guests inquiring and like we've got more bookings at the moment than we normally would and mm. people saying we'd just love to come down and spend some money and stuff like that. Yep. Has that been noticeable here? Absolutely. I think there's two things to that. There's, you know, the empty esky movement, which is wonderful um, and just really highlighting all the great things to do. It's not – it's a vibrant place to go. It's not a sad place to go and you exactly. know, help. It's not a pity party. It's a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of things to see and do, like, particularly here – like I will, I do not know an area that has so many great places to eat and drink. I really don't. Yeah. Regionally, of course, Wollongong's wonderful. There's <laughs> um, one or two, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for like a small regional um, place, you know, you can go to Torwood, Bannisters, small town. You can go to the Ruse, which has just opened up in Ulladulla Harbour, the Milton Hotel, which has got dangerous... Ales Brewing there, there's Milkhouse Cafe, there's so many places to go and all of them offering an amazing experience. And I just think like uh, when people come, they want to come back because they didn't get to tick all the boxes. Yeah. It used to be you come here, you'd know, growing, uh, coming here on holidays, you'd come down here and you'd have a barbie and you'd go to the beach. Yeah. Now you're like, oh no, I want to go out, I want to check out that place, I want to do, I want to I want to help, and particularly with the, you know, the campaigns like MDSK, I want to help the people, and that sort of stuff really helps. I think the other side of it is everyone missed out on the summer that they planned. No one yeah. spent the money that they were going to spend in January. No one felt the, you know, that great feeling of being on holidays, off work, relaxing. So there's this, this delayed moment where you're like oh i've been given the all clear to enjoy myself again and spend money which no one Mm. felt like doing in january it just felt wrong that's it yeah and i think that now that it's rained and and the fires are out like i think that it you can't underestimate the the like the overarching anxiety the fact that there's still fire burning around Mm. here like i in in our our spot down in in browlee there's around where my like it did hit the town but around 
around the area between Browley and 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 Maruya, there's there's hectares of bushland that was still unburnt, and 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 it's just w- w- when the fires are still burning, it's just this overriding anxiety that it could be any day that it's your turn. You know what I mean? That it's that it's going to come through, and for for the for the rain to come and actually extinguish that. Now people can really feel like they can come yeah. to the coast and, and enjoy themselves and, and, and participate and in the community here. as a business, if we talked about people, come, come, we were like crucified on social media. If mm. we said, they'd be like, there's still fires burning. So like we got, you know, it was, it was like wrong to promote your business. Yeah. Um, even though, even even though, though at one point the councils it? started, uh, the, there, was a, there was a point where the councils, um, the councils, on their social media, I know that the Yerubadala Council did. They said, "Please start returning," mm. but and and it's not like they jumped the gun. There was a few weeks of really good weather forecast and things like that, but the fires weren't extinguished. And no. and, and there was a bit of conflicting information. <laughs> yeah, like conflicting information yeah. about whether or not you should go down the coast. You know, so it was just a tough time, and there was still so much confusion. People are still really like, you know, things haven't even sunk in of of, of mm. the events of January and. Um, yeah, just to just to finally have 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 the the existential you know threat of actually you know things continuing to burn in this area. They're yeah. still burning in certain areas. Um, mm. To be gone is is. Has there been enough kind of media around that fact? It does feel like it's kind of fallen off in the last couple of weeks where there hasn't been too many kind of follow up articles or. Uh, I think one people of the pushing <coughs> this fact that it is now extinguished and it's you know. Yeah, I think it has to do a lot with the media cycle and mm. like and and one of the uh, one of the interesting things about it happening at a time when it did was that people are on holidays, mm. so they have more time to dwell They're on it and think at about their phone it. All exactly. The time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now that now that it's sort of back to business in 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 the big cities or in places mm. like Wollongong, like it's it, it's you know we're and back at work and now we've got coronavirus. <laughs> Just um, yeah. yeah, like I mean, it's it's very it's very easy for people to sort of just get mm. back back into mm. it. But I think that I think that a good like, you know, and you mentioned it before. It's just good to it's good it's good to remind people. You know, if you didn't get your holiday, then have yeah. it. You yeah. deserve it. Like that's the reason why we've got holidays. So go yeah. take and it. And I think <laughs> um, to break. Yeah, there's been some really good initiatives from corporate companies that are like actually giving their staff extra leave if they holiday in a regional area. Or um, really cool. you bring back your receipts and we'll give you the money back if you've gone and visited a holiday area up to like $1,000. Just show me that you went paddleboarding and went to Cupid's and had an yeah. amazing lunch. And spend, all that. Spend the $1,000 <laughs> right yeah, there. Spend, yeah. <laughs> bring your receipt back and we'll reimburse you. And mm. things like, you know, corporate and corporate companies that can sort of afford to help in yeah. that way. But they're also encouraging their staff to have that period of rejuvenation. Yeah. Which is really good. I think that helps a lot like for us february is not normally um an amazing month it's always good because it's still summer but you know in comparison to january you got a lot of more people that just want a holiday outside of school holidays Mm. um we don't get as affected by like feb fast and stuff but people um don't feel like indulging so much in february because they've spent so much money and drank so much and they need to start the year off fresh blah 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 (laughs) um (laughs) So that's not happening so much, which is great. Cocktails are flowing. Um, yeah, so we're getting really, really busy weekends. And like you're saying, the holiday houses are full and everyone's coming down here. So I suppose the big thing is um, 
just seeing what happens in the low season. If we have a strong low season, that can really help. Um, and definitely, like, the, there is Easter. I think it's going to be off the wall, yeah. I think. Um, so I said to Matt, I was like, I hope all your chefs are sad about how busy it is. <laughs> I, I, I wish that for you this year. I wish yeah. that for you. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of people coming down here over the Easter school holiday break, yeah. which is great. But what we need is, you know, March, it's gonna May. You know, we need it throughout the year. Yeah. Um, that's the big thing. I think so. that people, yeah, also, yeah, just anyone anyone listening who's planning a trip, like especially around that March, April, May time, um, sorry, the, yeah, and then in, in, into winter, like every every decision you make around coming down here is going to help someone who's been affected yeah. even in the smallest way from the accommodation that you book to any you know activity that you do to anywhere you eat or drink or whatever and i, I started saying to friends i was um i was just saying what you should do if you, if you if you if you want to if you want to go down the coast and support some businesses just get on airbnb now and book a trip in june mm. and and then you're locked in for a week just book a weekend in june you know and then you're, you're locked in and you don't and because by the time june rolls around realistically you might not be thinking i need to get down there to support the businesses yeah. down there you know that's a, that's still a way away <laughs> yeah but <laughs> if you book it now like yeah. you, then you got something to look forward to you you know wholeheartedly like we got a lot of calls how who do i give my money to who do i support and we told them the name of various charities but i said the best thing you can do is probably buy a gift voucher like a few gift vouchers for people and give them as gifts so they have the incentive to come down here and yeah. use them yeah and that makes the biggest difference because if they've come to cupid's for lunch they're still going to stay somewhere get petrol probably go into town get some coffee go shopping have a cocktail somewhere else you know like that that sort of stuff makes all the difference mm. Yeah, it definitely can't be underestimated, and it's just the more, the more, the more. Well, to show the, 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 show the confidence in the area as well. If people are getting bookings for the Airbnb for the middle of the year now, that might you know put them on a path where they think we can actually move forward with this, rather, yeah. than, rather than chucking it in when they're like, "Well, fuck, how are we going to get get up, get through this?" If they suddenly get a load of bookings in the middle of the year, that could you know, make a difference. Same if all restaurants are selling a shit ton of gift cards now, that's you know, money in the bank they've lost yep. out on, and at least it means you know people are coming. Um, or hopefully coming at some point to sp yeah, you know, spend it. their voucher and spend more money elsewhere. So it's you know, showing confidence in the in the region, in the area and giving confidence to all the business owners here ahead of time as well. Totally. Mm. And I mean, autumn on the South Coast is without a doubt my favourite time. Me too. <laughs> like it's the best. The water's warm. The sunsets are unbelievable. Like the temperature is perfect. It's just, there are, it, there's nothing quite like there's it. There's less people around. Like and you get the beaches yeah, to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We used to keep autumn a secret and now, now we've got to get people down here. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Fine, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a bit like that. But yeah. yeah, I think that there's so much to offer. And I just like, in the last year, this town has just upped the ante in what it has to offer. And everyone does such a good job. So I'm 100% confident anyone that's never visited the South Coast um, will enjoy it and want to come back if yeah. they come and visit. I like. think um, another another interesting thing, obviously, people want to, you know, support 
their own communities, but you're, still, you're actually seeing people who live on the South Coast going to other areas of the South Coast that they don't mm. necessarily oh, check out too much to, to support other communities yep. and stuff We're as well, like, which is wonderful. We've got to get down to Marimbula and Pambula this year. <clears throat> exactly. And because those communities are so reliant on traffic from Victoria and Canberra and their road was closed mm. all summer. Yep. Like... They're, you know, they're in just as bad, if not worse, position than we are, um, because we've got the proximity to Sydney and the roads have been open. But they've been, they've been really here, and you know, take more time off, come here, go there. You know, like it's so beautiful down there. Yeah, like, it is. The far south coast is incredible. Yeah, further you go, the further you go down, just the more isolated it gets. The 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 further more distances. interesting the community gets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fascinating down there. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a it's a whole another it's a whole another podcast that we might have to go 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 down to go go down to Naruma and and Bermagui yeah. and places like that yeah. as well because pulling overnight, sir. <laughs> that's it, Simon. Boys on tour. We've got a place to got yeah. a place to stay. Um, Get a camper van. <laughs> take us on the road. Just take it on the road. Just take it on the road. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I mean. Look, I mean, people have heard about the extent of the fires and 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 the way that it affected different communities and things like that. And what we're what we're doing, um, talking to you, Libby, and talking to Matt, is just scratching the surface of people's mm. experiences. But hopefully, and and the whole idea behind um, doing a podcast like this was to just give people just to just to allow people to speak about their experiences rather than just hearing hearing about it in the media or on social media and stuff and talking about it in a bit more depth so hopefully people give get something little, out of it give them a little nudge to go through yeah. with their Facebook pledges of yeah. going down the coast yeah. Yeah. I know we're like we're watching you yeah, yeah. We, 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 they have a list I'm you in Bali <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah no I think that you know we've we're so grateful to any of the media that will like shine a light on this region and what's to offer and the stories that are going on and like to you know that's been the silver lining I think you know we've lost a significant amount of sales this year but I think more people know about Cupids mm. um, and about Molly Milk and Milton and Ulladulla and you know that can that can have some real longevity that can really strengthen a business that exposure is mm. great so we try to see the positives in that light and you know we're a strong team and we're a strong business and we're sure we're going to get through it we just hope everyone else can as well mm. yeah yeah exactly so i mean to sort of wrap up this podcast both with what we um we spoke to matt about and, and speaking with you libby yeah simon and i i can speak for simon but we along with you and Matt and Alex and everyone in this area, everyone down further south where I'm from, Batemans Bay, Mossy Point, Browley, um, Rosedale, all those areas. Um, this podcast is about business and about hospitality and and we're, we're thinking of everyone who was impacted by these fires and we hope that your businesses um, get through this really difficult mm. period and in one way or another strengthen into the in into the future and and you know builds builds resilience builds community builds awareness like you yeah. say Libby and um you know it continues it continues to be a strong industry in this area and and people people continue to prosper and people continue to support south coast food culture because it is it is so vibrant and beautiful like you say and Libby. like blooming just constantly yeah. every year getting better and better and better so it would be really sad to see some businesses fold in this circumstance you know the government has delayed 
um, delayed tax payments till May, but you got to do like two lots of tax yeah, payments. Yeah, right. In yeah, May. it's like well, so, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and it's never. Yeah, you know, I hate more than one tax payment. <laughs> yep, <laughs> two tax payments. It's never the, a great time of year for that for one exactly. Well, yeah, so yeah, your, your bus comes around way too quick. Yes. Mm. So hopefully um, that like, I'm just yeah, my eyes are on that period of t- of time, and I hope everyone gets through because um, it's. Yeah, we're all just navigating, you know, to see what happens month by Mm. month. And like you said, who's going to honour those pledges um, will depend on how everyone goes. Mm. If if we stay busy, everyone's going to be fine, Mm. like, at the end of the day, because we're not always busy throughout the whole year. So, if we can stay busy throughout the whole year, well, great. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's that easy. Need your help. (laughs) Calls out. Drink more, eat more. Exactly, yeah. Go out a couple more times a year. Yeah, yeah, you deserve it. Exactly. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> you. All right. Good. Good way to wrap it up. Yeah, Libby, cool. thanks so much for joining us. Like, it's it's a difficult thing to talk about. I think there's been a decent period of time now that allows us to take a bit of stock and talk about what's mm. happened down here. Um, and, you know, there'll be future episodes where we definitely discuss this because it's going to be a part of hospitality in New South Wales for the next couple of years, the, yeah. the, the impacts of this. So... Um, yeah, thanks for thank, thanks for taking the time to Thank join you. us. Share your thoughts. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Food Fight. We really hope you got something out of this podcast. Clearly, the impact of the fires extended way beyond New South Wales, way beyond the Shoalhaven region where we talked to Libby and Matt. Um, All around Australia, individuals, communities and businesses were affected. It's affected the hospitality community drastically all over Australia. So we want to send out our thoughts to, to everyone that was impacted by the fires. We hope that you did get something out of this podcast, uh, out of hearing some of the experiences of business owners on the South Coast. If you want to support these guys' businesses, you can find them on social media. Torwood is on Instagram. You can find them online uh, on Facebook. And the same with Cupid's Winery. It's just at Cupid with two Ts on Instagram and uh, online and the social medias as well. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thefoodfightpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at thefoodfightpodcast. Please send us any questions, any suggestions for future guests, um, any thoughts, we'll read them out on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this one. We hope you got something out of it and we'll see you with the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.